Welcome to today's episode of Juicing the Numbers, your statistics and sports podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Joshua Tracy. And I'm one of your hosts, Corwin Heller. And uh, welcome to the show. It is 8 o'clock p.m. here on the East Coast. Uh, it is Wednesday, September 29th, the My waning days. days of the final summer month. And that means but one thing, playoff baseball continues to be right around the corner. However... You are in the American League, and you are one of five teams uh, between the Yankees, Sox, Jays, Mariners, and actually we can probably cross the A's off that list officially at this point. Um, so four teams. Then uh, you are in the playoff hunt as of right now, and kind of your playoffs is already happening. Um, and to that effect, as we've talked about it for the last two or three episodes straight, we will continue talking about this ever-evolving situation. I feel like a news correspondent in the 70s. Um, this ever-evolving situation. Uh, as, you Walter Cronkite? Uh, I, uh, yes. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I guess so. Um, I was going to say <laughs> Kissinger. And I was like, no, nope, no, nope, that was not a reporter. That was a secretary of state. So never mind. Um, anyway. The, since we last talked, and I had said that I didn't think the Yankees were, were going to do be able to displace either the, the Jays or the Sox because it would take basically a sweep of the Sox to do that, and then lo and fucking behold, um, the Yankees swept the Red Sox in um, Stantonian fashion as Giancarlo Stanton decided, my dick does not need to be in my pants. And let it all out <laughs> in Fenway, um, hitting a home run literally every night and collected. Uh, oh, I should double check. But I believe it's about 10 RBIs, which uh, in terms of measuring a, a goodness or badness of a batter is insignificant. But in measuring a batter's uh, presence impact on one specific series the number 10 in a three-game set is pretty fucking telling uh corwin did you catch any of the games no no i have not been in the mood to go watch baseball that is meaningless to me i understand it um uh, yeah i get it so obviously right now yankees are playing the blue jays we're going to stick with this just Moving on a little bit. The Yankees are playing the Blue Jays. We'll get into that in a second. The Red Sox are playing the Orioles. We'll get into that in a second. But after the Yankees mm-hmm. had swept the Red Sox, which basically led to the standings that we currently have today, there's a little bit of variation again because we're already one game deep into a three-game set against each of those um, two matchups. But the Yankees, as we said, went over the Red Sox. As we said, what happened, they went over the Red Sox. The Red Sox got bumped down to the second spot, and they have not fallen further only because Toronto has maintain something of a losing streak or at least um, a lack of winning, I'll say. And uh, Seattle has not yet yet displaced Toronto. But if Toronto was to lose tonight and Seattle was to win, they would actually leapfrog Toronto. Um, So before we get into this current slate of matchups, just post sweep life. um, What do you we we both said the Yankees were not likely to do this. And yeah. We got proven wrong in the shortest amount of time we were capable of being proven wrong wrong in. So what do you think? Uh, I don't think I'm about to jump on the bandwagon of the Yankees have figured it out and they're just going to keep this momentum through the playoffs and dominate like we all expected them to do 
86, seven months ago, whatever month this season started. Um, but I will say they have proven enough of this juice, uh, enough of this burst to kind of confidently say that they're going to hold on to a wild card spot. Um, I would be significantly less convinced if it wasn't based upon the idea of having a mascot that's kind of spiritually guiding them through this. Don't you dare talk shit about this turt life. I am not talking shit. I am fully supporting the turtles. Um, What more can you say? I mean, when you have a turtle that you can look to for support and guidance, during a playoff push, what else can you ask for? And you know what's funny is that if uh, the Yankees wanted to um, keep that turtle around, that turtle could start coming to old-timers games pretty soon. I mean, because think about it. That turtle, I don't know what, 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 the t- what the lifespan of a normal turtle is, but I would assume it's a very fucking long. That turtle could very well outlive all the Yankees in that clubhouse. How cool would it be if they if they put if they trotted the turtle out there for old timers day? You tell me that wouldn't be fucking adorable. No, I would love that. I Imagine they train the turtle to, to run the bases. I think turtles live like a really long time. Like I want to say turtle I know, can live 40 years. I, I know tortoises live for like 100 years, but I don't know about your common variety house turtle. House turtle. Yeah. Uh, sea turtles live 60 to 70 years. American box uh, turtles can live um, more than 30. Okay. Potentially so somewhere between 40. 30 and like 400 years. Okay. Correct. They are essentially dinosaurs. So again, if you left that bitch in that, uh, in, in that, that clubhouse, you know, you could, he, he could, he could show up to old timers day that, 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 that turtle could get his shell retired in Monument Park. Is it a turtle or is it in fact a tortoise? I have no clue. Everyone was saying turtle on the internet, and I can't check that out. I can't. Most I can't verify that. Just fact. do. Does it live in a tank of water or in a tank of dirt? I think it lives in the clubhouse. You are useless. Yeah. Thanks, boss. You're welcome. <laughs> Happy to help. Um, I. It is funny that the that the the two major runs two most significant runs of the Yankees second half have come on the back of an appearance of a cat and the appearance of a turtle, um, which sounds like how children's books would start. It's like the Yankees need their, their um, four legged friends to help them get through the season. Oh, geez, guys, I'm in a real slump. Have you considered animals? Have you accepted our Lord and savior? This turtle, (laughs) this fucking turtle. Oh man, the Yankees are going to start showing up to furry conventions real soon. That's just dependence. Now, that's a Venn diagram that I did not expect to have to think of this year. Oh, please. are you are. kidding me? There, somewhere out there is like a furry Yankees fan who's just living their best life this past like two months. They're just out there like, oh yeah, I can't wait to get my super hot turt costume from the store. While I Josh cheer on these telling New me before York we hopped on how great his life has been lately. Huh? Josh just finished telling me before we hopped on about how great his life has been lately. Yeah, just don't check my closet. 
<laughs> because of the turtle nudes. That's right. And all the weird green dildos. So, uh, yeah, the Yankees are doing it uh, on the Red Sox. And so they're still in a playoff spot as of today. <laughs> they lose to the Orioles last night, which is like nine different kinds of shame. Because losing to the Orioles when you don't have a super secure playoff spot in the end of ass end of September is, a, shall we say, a tad bit embarrassing. Um, but they are in a playoff spot as of today. And you swept the Yankees several times in the beginning of the season. So part of you just want to be like, ah, these series happen. You get fucked every now and then. Um, but you got fucked by your division rival, your all-time rival, but your division rival, as you're both trying to vie for the same playoff spot. Um, so e does it mean anything? Probably not. All things considered, the Red Sox are still a good team. They just had a rocky series. I mean, we're at the end of the it's not like we're gonna have hot take reaction. At least me, I'm not gonna have a hot take reaction like this is fucking uh you know, March. You know, mm-hmm. it, it's it's September. The Red Sox have, are gonna win in all likelihood 90 games this year. They're gonna be a good team. They had a shit series. Oh well. Um, but Right. Yeah. Um, but it is still going to be a wildly different show if this ends up meaning they have to play their uh, wild card game in the Bronx instead of Fenway. That's really what it comes down to. If both teams end up making the playoffs, is that this will be that that difference maker. It'll be the difference between playing the game mm-hmm. in Boston and playing the game in the Bronx. Uh, where would you prefer it to play, Josh? <laughs> a kingdom. Let's go Mariners. <laughs> Could absolutely be how it works. Oh, uh, I think if the M's make the playoffs, uh, MLB should just be like, look, 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 I don't care that they have like four less wins in the wild card one. We're putting the game in Seattle. They earned it. Okay. They earned it. New York Yankees, can you accept the humility of this, please, for once? They've never been here like this. It's been so long. You're here all the time. Can you let them have this one? No. 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 Kill me. Um, Kill me. As, as, as a Yankees fan, I'd be totally fucking cool, man. I wouldn't give a fuck. You are not the majority. I know. I know. So sad. So sad. Uh, so the 2001 MLB postseason, just for a, a, a hot flash flashback, Looks super weird compared to today. So the one seed in 01 in the AL was Seattle um, because that was that was their that was their big year, man. 116 mm-hmm. games. So Seattle was the one seed. The number two seed was the Yankees. The three seed was Cleveland and the four seed was Oakland. So if Seattle was to make the playoffs, um, they wouldn't look that crazy because Oakland was right on the cusp there. Cleveland was not whatever, uh, but there's no wild card. So it's just these four teams. And then if we look in the national league, the one seed in the national league was the Houston Astros. That's right. Pre uh, uh, league switch Astros were the one seed. How fucking weird is that? The two seed was Arizona, which again, wild um, because boy, was how did Randy Johnson still on that team? Yes, that was his first year with the with the team. That was that was the the year that the um, uh, Diamondbacks broke young Josh's heart, the walk off in Game Seven. 
the two seed, so the two oh, seed was Arizona, the three Josh. seed was Atlanta, and the four seed was St. Louis. So actually, two out of four of those teams would be going back to the playoffs too. So, but no, uh, no fun, interesting rematches. Uh, obviously, the Yankees would end up playing Seattle if the Mariners make the wild card because both teams would be the wild card. So you get that, but it it would be just be a, a one gamer. It wouldn't be anything interesting. Um, and then mm-hmm. there's no possibility for a rematch in the World Series because even if the Yankees made it, the Arizona Diamondbacks are very much so not in the World Series. Um, so what? There. <gasps> we are one year just as a as a very difficult and challenging and not very interesting segue. Um, we are one year removed though from the year 2001, uh, from the year 2000, which was the last time the Mets uh, or the the uh, last time we had a Subway Series World Series, and the Mets. Um, look like they have no shot of doing that again anytime soon as they just had a record for most days spent in first place in their division, 103 days, which is not just the majority of the baseball season. It's almost a third of the year calendar wise uh, in first place. And we'll finish below 500 for the season and obviously not make the playoffs. How do you live with yourself? If you're a Mets fan, and I say this as a Jets fan, I'm wearing the shirt. I don't know how you live with yourself. Do you think cops stationed at the Brooklyn Bridge are trained to look out for people wearing Mets gear? Uh, No, they're probably looking for black people. Boy, I thought I was going dark. Thanks for bringing us down, Josh. (laughs) I mean that genuinely. Oh, the worst jokes are the worst because they're feel they're the most real. (laughs) Hurts the most when it's a little true. Oh, gotta love our boys in blue, NYPD. Um, All great humor is based in the truth. Thanks, George Carlin. Uh, Yeah, I. So you know, it's one thing. So the the Jets. There's never hope. There's nothing to get crushed. You know what I mean? I don't, we'll get to that in a moment because both the Jets and Giants are 0 3. So New York football is 0 6 to start the season. And that's obviously been a major talking point if you live in the area and listen to local uh, sports radio. Hey, hey, don't slander the Syracuse Orange name. Uh, they can chortle my balls. Okay, fair enough. Yeah. I don't give a fuck about the metro area of Syracuse. <laughs> Uh, let alone just the town. So <laughs> fuck upstate. Y'all vote red anyway. Eat a dick. Um, <laughs> Touche. <laughs> oh, I have no time. So the Jets no, is never hope. The Mets actually will do this to you, though. They will give you this hope and then they will crush it in increasingly cruel and bizarre way. Because like the, it honestly blows the Padres decline out the fucking water. Because at least the Padres, again, you can say this was a hard division. We were never Mm -hmm. really first in the division because it was usually someone of the Dodgers or the Giants. You know what I mean? And even Mm -hmm. when you guys had something of a a playoff spot, it wasn't secured for nearly the length of time that the Mets was. They were in a bad division, became early front runners, held that status for a nearly fucking third of the year. And then got so bad that it slipped out from underneath them from a handful of teams that are basically at fucking 500. I mean, like you look at the Mets of um, 
you know, June. I, let's see. What is it? What, what do you think the Braves record? How many games above 500 are the Braves in your mind? Like six. It's actually all right. So I actually I will, I will give credit to the Braves. It is a handful more than I thought. Um, it is 12. The Phillies are only five games over 500. The Mets are seven games below. Jesus. Oh, that's just I don't I don't even want to call it unfortunate because it's not necessarily it's it's reality. You know, it's just it's the way it is. Yeah, it's fucking awful, man. And obviously we'll we'll talk as the offseason comes and goes about, you know, what the Mets are going to do with free agency and what pieces for the Mets worked and didn't work. And, and you know, we'll talk about how the NL East is going to shake out for next shit we do. But it's it's got to be embarrassing, which brings us to the most recent thing Steve Cohen did, the owner, um, which is suggest that the Mets want to reach a more diverse audience and younger audience. And that they're considering lots of things, including um, comedians at the ballpark during games. I do recall seeing this now. Thank you for reminding me about. Yeah, comedians. I. This is one of the few things I had written down because I couldn't believe it. Um, and obviously. You, uh, you, you, you hear that. I don't know. All right. So actually, no, let me ask you what, what do you think when you hear that? Uh, old man losing touch with any generation younger than his and just desperate for bringing in people without doing anything to hurt his bottom line. Old man yells at clubs. Because like so, oh Jesus! Real quick, the article mentions that uh, they're considering nothing's going to happen for sure, but they're considering live comedy, a new design, and hosting more special events. Just want to throw that out there. What comedian would you have to get though that would actually bring enough intrigue for people to come? Because it's not like if you're going to like like the the cellar, you know, and it's just like whoever's there is there. I'm just like there for comedy, and you know. The tickets Possible cost 15, of Dave Chappelle bucks. showing up, right? And it runs all night. Like you can show up, at, you know, at, at when the doors open at like seven. You can say it's like fucking two o'clock in the morning. Um, and there's no and there's, you know, there's food, there's drinks and whatever. But you know, you can come and go as you please. You can walk out, have a cigarette, come back in, and um, there's no chance of you getting stressed out because your team is losing. This is City Field, like if you're going to make someone come all the way out to Queens, even the people who live in Queens to get to the, the ballpark, you know, it's not like the cellar where it's like, Hey, you're already in lower Manhattan. You might as well. Right. Um, here's, here's a cool, cool thing to do. It's, it's a Mets game who has to be at the Mets game comedian wise for you to be like, yeah, I'll go to that. As like a non Mets person, you know what I mean? As a non-Mets person, never. 
I almost so, went to the Mets Padres game this year and didn't because I didn't really want to watch the Mets. So if Chappelle's at the Mets game and they say Chappelle's going to do, I, I don't know, 10 minutes in the seventh inning stretch, uh, that the logistics is a whole nother question. Um, <laughs> Chappelle's going to do a type five between every half inning, um, but he'll keep it rated PG because there's kids. <laughs> Regardless of logistics, Chappelle's there. I think you muted yourself. Chappelle's there. Do you go for that? You had me until he said you said he has to be PG because there's kids there. I would. But you'd have me. And he's just there in the booth doing all this throughout the game. That would be fun. It's tough because it's also like, like I said, I don't know legit. So like uh, the Orioles do uh, like concerts after games. So the night I was there to go see the Nationals play a few months ago, um, the concert ended up getting canceled for weather, but it was supposed to be Diplo, um, which doesn't feel super young and fresh, but at least it's somebody. And then I know the other night the Yankees were playing there, uh, the after because it was like a five o'clock game, and everyone was like, "Why is it a five o'clock game?" And the answer was. There was an Avid Brothers concert afterwards, which again, I like the Avid Brothers, but that's not exactly super like hip and young. Um, and but hey, they're doing something. The Mets could do that, but I'm not really sure. I guess I guess that would be fine. Yes, I, yeah, that's because to me, it misses the point. You know what I mean? Like if I asked you, Corwin, what's the number one reason? people don't go not even to see the Mets specifically, but don't go to baseball games. And I'm going to ask you that in a second. I'm willing to bet your answer is not, not enough comedy. You're right. You're right. Dave Chappelle was not the thing holding me back. <laughs> I have not been on strike from MLB baseball because of Dave Chappelle. You know who, you know what baseball needs? <laughs> Gilbert Gottfried <laughs> doing the voice. Who's oh, sitting why in would you say Gilbert Gottfried? And doing why would this? you say him? Why would you say Gilbert Gottfried? <laughs> That's not? the worst answer. I love Gilbert Gottfried. <sighs> I had a point that I was trying to make or I was going to make, and I just I completely lost it because of Gilbert Gottfried. <laughs> why did you mean you? I can't even do it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what 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 would you say? So I asked you what what would What's the thing keeping people from going young and diverse people specifically, I guess, um, from going to baseball games? Well, what would be some of the things you think? It's cost. It's all oh, it's okay. 90 percent right, cost. Yeah, yeah. OK, we're on the same page. <laughs> cost and the fact that I live in New Jersey and getting to fucking flushing sucks. It's just a nightmare getting into the city and out in one piece in any reasonable amount of time. Like you can go to a Giants game be in and out of the stadium parking lot in 30 minutes each way or total like it's very easy to get to MetLife it's very easy to get right back on the highway and get out of MetLife there's never a major traffic conundrum like there is a you know like Penn State or like Yankee Stadium sucks getting up to the Bronx but the subway's right there the L train's right there you can get out I just Queens is too far. Plus, one of the other things that it's going to sound so backwards that Yankee Stadium has going for it, um, it doesn't have a parking lot. 
I mean, I, yep. there is an on-site parking deck, but I mean, who the fuck parks there? Like, no. it is actually very convenient because you can just, you can buy like super cheap parking, off-site parking, a handful of blocks away from the stadium, go walk up and then walk back to your spot. And then Yankee Stadium's like right off the fucking highway. You can just hop back on and then leave. It's actually super easy. Um, if if you feel like braving driving in, in the Bronx, which again, I honestly, as compared to driving in the other boroughs and have a man who has driven in all the other boroughs, the Bronx, I think, has to be the easiest one to drive in. Because it's still very yeah. residential. Yeah. No, uh, we've done it. It's not the end of the world. It's really it's not. not. Uh, driving um, in Brooklyn, fucking nuts. Driving in Queens sucks. Driving in Manhattan obviously mm-hmm. blows. Um, but driving anywhere on Long Island is the end of the world. <laughs> yeah. I'm talking about, I love the streets of Ronkonkoma. I just the love Long Island, the Long Island Expressway is hell on earth. Long Island is hell on earth. True. Yeah. Uh, but no, it, it, that's what it is. I mean, if you want, and we've talked about other things about, you know, why don't you just fucking give away more tickets if you want to see more people in the stands? Like, let's fucking start there. I bet there's a ton of schools around Queens, around Flushing, Queens, that would love to get free tickets for after school programs for like your random ass Tuesday night games. Because who the fuck wants to go see Mets Reds Tuesday at seven Mm -hmm. with work the next day? Nobody give the tickets away. If people aren't showing up and you want to busy your stadium, you want more life. You want more young and diverse people. Give your fucking tickets away. Because seriously, that's the thing. If that's the goal, we want young and diverse people. Well, you didn't say you wanted fucking money. So fucking give the tickets away. Small tangent. I have become addicted to the game of golf. I have. Golf, going to a golf event, I went to the 2006 U.S. Open at Winged Foot in New Jersey. I don't remember it because I was nine, but it was I remember it being awesome. Golf events are awesome. If you care, if you don't like golf, don't you. This is not me trying to talk you into going to golf events. The PGA Tour is a cash cow. The LPGA Tour struggles with getting people to go the same with the WNBA women's soccer softball any women's sport they all will tell you you know they struggle to get people in the stands because there's nowhere near the same kind of demand to go see those games the ShopRite classic one of uh you know the big time events non-major events for the lpga tour schedule is this week i got tickets for free just went online, put in a number for a ShopRite Price Plus card, which is free. And I got free tickets. I got two free tickets. If you want people to go and you want to you know, get more people into it, obviously LPGA is not really there to fill the stadium that they've always had when there's plenty of baseball or plenty of like how the Mets are because there's plenty right. of baseball fans. They're trying to build the game. But at the same time, they're getting more people to come because they're accepting the fact that, hey, tickets are not where we're going to make revenue. We'll make it, you know, selling 
cotton candy and soda and hot dogs and and merchandise and things like that that are outside the world of exorbitant ticket prices because they know people just won't pay for it mm-hmm. it's on tv for free i get to yeah. sit on my couch eat my food drink as many cheap beers as i want not paying eight dollars it's a better experience watching sports at home than going to the game nine times out of ten especially big on time weekdays. big time games is the only time i would ever want to be in a stadium compared to being at home and even then it really depends on the situation if you want people to actually go to the stadium, either don't pro- broadcast any of your games on TV, which you won't because that'll lose you way more money, mm-hmm. or make it accessible to anyone who just wants to go to a game. Yeah. Seriously, I don't want to spend you know $60 to go to a Yankees game as a non-diehard Yankees fan. I would go to Yankees games if tickets were 20 bucks, Or if you lived... Like next to the ballpark. Right. Which but again even that, is another reason and, why maybe giving tickets away to people who live near your ballpark would, yeah. it would get people to fucking show up. But honestly, if you handed me free tickets to the Yankees on a on a Tuesday night, I probably still wouldn't go. Yeah. Just because it's a fucking bitch. Yeah. That game's not going to end. Morning, if, it starts at, if, it, yeah, if it starts at 7 o'clock in the, at, at night, I, it's, it's not going to end till 10 to 30, which means I'm not going to be getting home till 1130, best case scenario. Yeah. I'm not getting to bed till midnight. Easy. I got to be up at 6 o'clock in the morning the next day. I don't want to do that shit. Fuck that. If I live mm-hmm. next to the fucking stadium, I'm there every day. I'm there every yep. day. You would be a season ticket holder. Easy. Mm-hmm. But guess what? Most people don't live next to the stadium. That's also why I'm really scared of moving next to a golf course. Or as several of our parents, our friends' parents have done recently, uh, moving into a golf course. Yes. Um, if I if I could do that, I would. So there's another thing I've 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 thought about recently. Um, so a few weeks ago, I went to a bunch of museums in the city because I I had a day and I wanted to. And my girlfriend and I went and just toured a bunch of museums around Manhattan for fun, and. MoMA does something interesting that I kind of forgot they did because I haven't been there in years. And what they do is when you you walk into the building that is MoMA and on your left, before you actually hit the, uh, you know, the the ticket checkers, you can go into the gift shop without a ticket. You can just, so you can walk into the building of MoMA and then go to the gift shop, buy some shit and then leave. And you don't need a ticket to the museum to do it. And it's not like the tickets to, to the museum are very expensive. I mean, it's $25, which for a museum might be a lot. But like for an event in Midtown, it's not a, a crazy amount of money. It's not like it's some schmuck, you know, shitty museum. It's the MoMA. Yeah. World renowned. One yeah. of the most prestigious museums in, in the world. Um, but even they though they are that well renowned and that prestigious, you can still go into the building. Um, and go shop. And the MoMA shop is actually very fucking nice. I mean, a lot of it is still kitschy and, you know, it's gift shop stuff, but it's fucking huge and there's a ton of shit down there. And then you can leave. And Mm -hmm. honestly, I don't get why there's also not something kind of like that for more ballparks. Obviously, maybe the traffic, the foot traffic part of it might make it a little bit more challenging. But I mean, even to an extent where you could walk up to certain parts, like why isn't there a certain amount of a ballpark that it can be 
available to the general public during games without a ticket. Because, like, the Yankees' yeah. Great Hall, the thing that when you walk into, what is that? It's like gate four. It's super fucking nice. It's super fucking nice. It's before the, the actual seating areas. The gift shop is in there. There's like custom jersey printing stations in there too. Tech, check tickets after that. Let people in for that. Why not? Why, why would you care? But eh, it seems like a separate tangent. On a completely unrelated note that I just feel like would be a fun thing to talk about. In Robert Kraft's new tell-all memoir, he called Bill Belichick the biggest fucking asshole he's ever met in his life. I wouldn't doubt that for a second. Yeah. I like that. I like that a lot. I like that he said it. And he's still employed. I like that he means it. And I like that it has not affected his... The fact that Bill Belichick is going to be the coach of the New England Patriots until he dies. He is currently employed by the New England Patriots as the statement is released. That's wonderful. Um, that's great. All right. So I want to ask you this now. What non-monetary thing could the Mets do for, for, for you? Or do you think young, diverse crowds, just such a blanket statement, um, would, would convince them to go to a Mets game other, other than the obvious thing, which is cheaper tickets, free tickets, um, or like cheaper concessions. What the, you know, they're considering, they're considering redesigning the stadium, but not giving tickets away. So what, yeah, what would you that. do? I think a cool idea that logistically, I don't know how effective it would be, how open it would be from the players or whatnot, but ha- open up the team to fans. Like, I'm not saying, you know, let fans into the clubhouse. I'm not saying, you know, let fans onto the field during warmups or anything like that, but have just a night where it's like, Hey, if you're 25 and under, if you're 30 and under, you know, you're a young person, you know, not some, or it doesn't even have to be age restricted. Just, Hey, let's just have a meet and greet with the players. You know, third Friday of the month, players will come around, you know, we'll, be walking around the concourse talking hard rule on no autographs so it doesn't turn into some kind of you know no autographs pictures to some extent you can restrict and just say hey let's not turn this into some kind of you know exploitive situation just literally walking around walking and talking with players get to meet them, get to build some kind of interaction, some connection with local fans to the team and build it, build up that kind of quote unquote family atmosphere away from Steve Cohen is one of the richest men in America. This is a corporation run like a corporation that we treat as a corporation that we watch, like just do something. It doesn't even have to be this to build in the idea of, Hey, this is our team. We all root for it. We all grew up loving it. We all will love it. We're all in this together and not give me all the money you have. Again, right. That's that's money related. And my problem is that everything I think of comes back to money because you also think, all right, what are young people into? And I think capitalism. Oh, yes, it is, baby. Um, and I think, you know, 
you and I are still young enough to know what young people are into. I'm 27. You are uh, 24, 23. Um, so we, you had it. I was, it was 24. All right. Yeah. Damn it. Sorry, buddy. You're, you're okay, somewhere. We're not friends anymore. You're somewhere in a key demographic of 23 or 25. Uh, <laughs> so I think we're, and the thing is, if you, if you think about what young people are into, it really, I think, boils down to what can young people afford to do? It's not necessarily what are we into? It's what do we have the money to actually do after bills are paid? And which again, because I kept thinking like, um, all right, maybe you can run something with like the public libraries program. But the problem is maybe you're not going to get enough young people necessarily because that might be more uh, people with kids, which might be slightly older than the demographic you're going for, whatever. Um, or maybe you're looking for like worldlier people. So you could do something with LaGuardia Airport uh, around like um, flights, getting you tickets to the games. But then it's like, well, who can afford to, to travel or do something with Airbnb for people who are traveling into Queens? But again, it's like, who can afford to do that? And it's like, it, like you said, it's all going to come back down to money because the only thing that's going to convince a young person to do anything is if they can afford to do it. Mm -hmm. We have all avoided a certain bar where the cover charge was a slightly more than a different bar nearby enough. And we were all looking to go out. We've all done it. We've all, we've all gone to um, shows at a venue that were off season or like off um, of a prime date so that we didn't pay a little bit extra uh, gone to matinees because they were cheaper. Like, obviously, these are things I think most people do. We, but we go tailgate preseason NFL games because they cheaper. are not regular season prices. It's like yeah. six bucks to get in the door. Yeah, because it's just fucking cheaper. I, I mean, like it, it's what I think yeah. generally people do, but also especially young people who have uh, the least amount of money by percent of the general populace of America. So there's no answer we could give that's not money. And the fact that seemingly Steve Cohen's looking for an answer other than money is, I think anything he says is going to be ridiculous. I just, it's one of those things where no matter how much he goes on Twitter, no matter how much he talks to his assistants and his, his, you know, inner circle, he is never going to know what it's like to be a, financially strapped 22 year old nope. in 2021 because he is so far removed from that world in so many different aspects he's just not going to be able to wrap his head around it he could have 10 21 year olds all running a think tank and give him all of these issues of well we're all really poor he's like oh are you trying to ask for raises without giving me anything oh fuck you you're fired <clears throat> Whatever, I assume that's how Steve Cohen talks to his um, employees. But regardless, it's tough to kind of mentally get there and figure this out from his perspective when he just cannot understand that. And I typically would say I'm, I'm not going to hold that against him, but he's an old, rich white man, so I absolutely am going to hold that against him. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Um, the only old, rich, white owner that I really do think gets it is uh, David Tepper from the Panthers. Um, and that is only because he's the only one I've ever actually seen, like, kind of just handed off to 
people who do understand it. And it's like, you know what you're doing. Here's my money. I have so much of it. Go try it out. If it works, it works. If it doesn't, I'm not running out of money. We're fine. I make more of it every day. <laughs> yeah. 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 I, I, I want to move on because we could sit here and rip this the, the whole night because, again, it's ridiculous. Any answer that is the one thing that we also didn't say is another great way to get people into the ballpark um, is to <laughs> win some more fucking games, you fucking asshole. Um, but that's a given. Right. Right. That's why it, it, we didn't bring it up because we like, know that's unachievable for the New York Mets. Yeah, yeah, they are. Um, oh God, they're they're inept to the point that they're cursed. I don't think it's a curse uh, brought on by something else. It is brought on by themselves. It, it is the whole. Or, it's organizational yips to the nth degree. But whatever. Organizational yips. That's a yeah. good one. Thanks. Uh, I that's that's the type of hard hitting analysis we come to this program for. Um, so shout outs to the Mets who are making headlines, even when they're making headlines <laughs> and none of the headlines are for anything good. <laughs> oh, gotta love those Mets. So, uh, let's talk about the real M's, the, the real M team when people are hashtagging boom, boom, LGM or LGFM, um, the Mariners, the real M team in baseball. They're killing it, Corwin. I guess, kind of. Um, I guess. In a way, I say killing it. They are in second place in the AL West, which is just fucking shocking, man. They are 88 and 70, a half a game better than Toronto as of recording this right now, and a half a game back of Boston as of recording this right now. And... I mean, goddamn, where the fuck did that come from? If I asked you, Corwin Heller, yeah. what do you think the Mets are doing very well? What would your answer be? Making memes. Not making memes, being the source of memes. Dreams, memes. Funding insurance companies because of all the medical bills they're paying. <laughs> um, oh, yeah. It's... <laughs> I I have like several stats pages up to talk about the the the, the Mets the Mariners and I still don't I haven't looked at them yet I still don't even know what, what they're doing so let, all right let's take a look at their season stats um, where do you think the the Seattle Mariners rank by WRC plus over the course of the entirety of the season uh, in MLB uh fifteen all right so you're putting them pretty pretty middle of the road here yeah exactly middle of the road yeah nineteenth. Mm, that's not good. just outside the bottom 10 worst teams in MLB by WRC plus the team WRC plus of 94. So where do you think they are pitching by ERA 18? Yes. 18. Yes. They have a team ERA of 4.32. That's so bad. That's so fucking bad. Oakland, who is in all likelihood going to miss the playoffs, is 12th in team ERA with an ERA of 3.96. And by WRC Plus is ninth in MLB with a 102. And they're going to miss the playoffs to the Mariners. 
So uh, let's get into it. Let's find out where the Mariners went right. Um, so looking at this, let's start in the month, of, the combined month of March and April. And we'll do this quicker than we did the St. Louis one, just for the sake of time, um, just to kind of feel it out, I guess. Uh, the Seattle Mariners were uh, 17th in ball. <laughs> Jesus, with an 88 um, team WRC plus. I'd say that's um, not ideal. And they had a team ERA that was 15th in MLB. Oh, sorry. I didn't sort this yet. Don't don't listen to me. Shut up. Fuck. Am I supposed to listen to you? Um, I I hope you do, but I don't rely that you do. Um, 12th. 12th in ERA in the month of March and April uh, with a 3.75. So that altogether, not bad. Um, maybe a sign of life or two for Seattle there. Um, who cares is what I think. All I think I really have to say to that. Who fucking cares, right? Yes. Yeah. Uh, in the month of April, they were 15 and 12. And I think that also encapsulates the idea of, all right, who fucking cares? <laughs> so who does? Not no us. one. Uh, no one really does. So let's get into May then. So May rolls around and the Seattle Mariners as a team are the 27th best, AKA fourth worst team in MLB by WRC plus with a team WRC plus of 76. Who I did not expect that. It was 76. Genuinely, genuinely impressive. Yes. That's so bad. Um, their team ERA, um, which was 12th in the month, combined months of March and, and April, dropped down to 25th, and they finished the month with a 4.89 team ERA. Dear Lord. Um, they finished the month of May with a record of 13 and 15, so essentially playing 500 ball over the course of these first two combined months. Um, with one more win than loss, but whoa, God. Um, they so in the month of March and April combined, they outscored their opponents by uh, one run altogether, net of one run. In the month of May, they got outscored by 43 runs. And the fun differential begins. Dear God. All right. All right, so that brings us then to June, last month before of the before the All Star break. So we're seeing what they're made of, and they bounce back in the WRC Plus department, going from twenty seventh all the way up to eleventh, really bouncing back from their seventy seven WRC Plus all the way up to a one oh five. Um, really showing that they can do something here in the middle of the uh, in the middle of the summer months, and their team ERA. Let's see. Again, I did not look at these ahead of time either. I wanted to be surprised. That's better, but still isn't great at all. They finished 21st in the league um, with a 4.81 team ERA. And then the month of June, their record was 14 and 12. So they are now just about three games over 500. Even though they have a winning record in the month, they still got outscored altogether by five runs in the, that month. So the fun differential grows. I think we're at negative 47 here now. Are the, are the Mariners on, huh? 
I have not been keeping track. Are the Mariners at this point in June on your radar in any way Um, at all? I don't think they were. I don't think they were either for me. And I had some Mariners players on my fantasy baseball team. Yeah. 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 So I guess let's get into July, which is now uh, our post sticky stuff era, as well as being uh, a little bit of pre, a little bit of post all-star break and our Seattle Mariners batting takes another hit, um, which really it's not that big. It's big in standings because they were 11th and they fell down to 20th, but it's because so many teams did better on the batting side of things because of the sticky stuff crackdown. Um, so they actually only dropped about four or five points of WRC plus or seven points, actually, I should say, um, dropping into a 98 WRC plus, which is still fine. It's just not as good relative to the rest of the league um, mm-hmm. as it had been. If we look at their pitching, so 20th in, in batting in July, their pitching um, also is actually a touch better, finishing with a 4.69 ERA. And then their record in the month of July was 14 and 10. So they are once again, staying positive. They, uh, they'll actually only finish with one losing month. And that would be the month of May. So we're, we're only seeing better, better numbers out of these, these folks, I suppose. Um, despite that four game winning record, um, they have been outscored once again in the month by eight. And I believe we're up to about 53 here or fair, uh, 50, 55 here in the fund differential. Um, are the Mariners on your 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 radar now in July? If they weren't before, they probably still aren't now. Yeah, I don't. I I still don't remember thinking about the Mariners in the slightest in July. If we're being honest here, um, I think I was still much more focused on the A's at this point, especially because the A's have been, you know, the second wild card team or at least threatening to be the second wildcard team for like several seasons at this point. So definitely a lot more attention paid to them. Um, And that will take us into August. And in August, Seattle batting gets worse. How are they almost ready to make the playoffs? I don't get this. (laughs) I was just about to say August was when I really started picking up on them turning things around, but I guess not. I keep waiting for them to be in the top five in some stat, and they're not. They're just fucking is this, not. Is this Am like I lying? A... Sorry, what? Uh, no, I've answered my own question in my head. Please keep going. So they finished with the worst WRC plus in August. Um, it's 93. It's 20th in MLB. It's just not great. Um, and then their pitching is... Oh, my God. Where even is it? Oh, actually, they're pitching got a lot better. Holy fuck. Um, eighth, eighth best ERA in baseball in the month of August with a 3.52 ERA. OK, we're somewhere it's starting to make sense a little bit, I guess. The month of August, though, is still barely a net positive for them in the win loss column as they go 15 and 13 and get outscored <laughs> by two runs. So still a negative. Um, run differential here uh, in the uh, penultimate month of the season. But that uh, that takes us uh, down. As, so at the end of August, are they in your playoff radar now? Yes, they're at least breaking into that idea of them being able to do something. Not a I ton think, of hope, but they're they're getting there. 
I think that's about where it started registering for me as well. Only because they were like right around really, I think for me, the benchmark was the Blue Jays. And I, th- I think at this point, I'm not going to look it up. I don't give a shit. Um, I think they were right around where the Blue Jays were um, at this point. So I remember thinking like, all right, I, you know, like I'm seeing the the letters there more. I'm seeing the right, the right Mariners letters there. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, that will take us into September, the month that we are currently in. So far in the month, the Seattle Mariners, uh, whether it's things clicking together at once or the uh, sense that, hey, maybe we can make the playoffs. Um, they're starting to put together a little bit more on the batting side, finishing 11th. They're currently in 11th in WRC Plus for the month with 105 team WRC Plus for the month of September. And their pitching is um, 19th in the month. I don't get it. I don't fucking get it. Month to month, it's like one facet of them is fine enough, not like outstanding, but like fine enough. And the other one just plummets to being bottom 10 in the league. And yet they're winning. It doesn't make any fucking. So I'll finish baseball. Mariners baseball, 19th in MLB, 434 team ERA, almost a full run higher than they were in August. Um, Their September record so far is 17 and eight. And despite the fact that they're almost 10 games over 500 in the month of September, they have only outscored their opponents by seven runs. Um, I genuinely don't know how they're winning games. Like, it must be just close game after close game after close game. Yeah, so actually, I have it broken out here for you. Um, their record in one-run games is 13 and 18, which is a win percent of 647. Uh, And they've outscored their opponents in one run games, uh, 212 to 197. So that's what, 15 runs? Oh my God, they've only outscored their opponents 15 runs in one run games. And they have 51 one run games. I don't even know how that math works. I don't even know how that math works. I'm not attempting to try it. I'm not going to try either because you would think. Oh, no, sorry, because this because they lost 15 of the. OK, they lost 18 of those games. They won 33 of those games. They won 15 more games than they lost. So they there. There you go. That, that I made it. I'm an idiot. I'm glad you did not make me have to think. I know it wasn't the most difficult thinking in the world, but it's not what we're here for. It is now nine o'clock here on the East Coast and Corbin and I are zombies. Um, their record in blowouts, though, is 11 and 28 um, with a run differential of negative 135. Uh, and that is a win percent of 282. That's exceptionally bad. That is exceptionally bad. Oh, so do you remember? Um, I think it was the first year we did this podcast. It might have been. I've been the year right before it. So it was like 2018, 2019 when the Mariners were like 17 and three in their first 20 games or some shit like that. But they were like all one run wins. And we were like, there's just no chance this continues. And then they just fucking collapsed because they couldn't continue. I don't remember that. They were like stupid good for the first month or two of the season. Um, Cause they won just a ridiculous amount of one run games. And then a bunch of articles came out hmm. saying, like, the thing about one-run games is they can really go either way, and this is not a sustainable way to win baseball games. And then Mariners Thanks, fans were like, 
fuck yourself. Of course it is. Um, and then the Mariners started losing a lot of one run games. And it's like, oh no. Uh, and they missed the playoffs for like a bajillion. This feels like that, but it never came back down to earth. Like the Mariners season this year feels like the equivalent of um, flipping a coin 10 times and having seven of them be heads. Like, obviously it's allowed to happen because it, it's a statistical average. doesn't mean it's going to play out that way in any given sample size. Um, but still it happened seven times. That's kind of interesting. Uh, again, I've lost all train of thought. I will say that these statistics give me zero confidence in the Mariners' ability to do anything in, a, in the playoffs. Oh, uh, yeah, absolutely. So, assuming that the Mariners were to get past one of the Yankees, Red Sox, or Blue Jays, doesn't matter who. Let's say the Mariners advance. Who cares how? Marco Gonzalez goes out there and pitches, pitches a complete game shutout just for fun. Um, that means that they would play the Rays, one would assume. Uh, no, I think that has to be the case. I don't think the Astros can pass them and win loss. Uh, doesn't matter. They're playing the Rays. Do they have a chance in a five-game series? I don't think they do. I just don't think they have anywhere close to the pitching to be able to beat any of these higher-ranked teams, which is everyone. And, you know, usually we kind of divide it along those very neat lines. Like the Red Sox are good batting, but they need more pitching. The Rays have had good pitching. They need more batting. I'm also not convinced the Mariners have the batting for this. Because you're right. Of course, their pitching is uh, fucking horrifying in, in certain instances. Um, their batting is remarkably inconsistent. And not the mm-hmm. Yankees type of inconsistent. Um, where it's like some months they'll have like a 90 WRC plus, and then some months it'll be like a 120, you know, where the, the, the ceiling is ridiculously high. It's Giancarlo Stanton hitting 500 foot home runs four days straight. The Mariners ceiling seems to be like, we are here. There's a home run. We did it today. I'm not sure that wins you a world series. I'm not sure that wins you a playoff series. Right. And we just talked shit does. about the Yankees, but um, and they proved us wrong immediately. So if the the Mariners want to go ahead and prove us wrong immediately about this one, cool. But uh, I I don't I wouldn't have much confidence. I just again I really just don't view them as a challenger. Uh, Mariners made the playoffs. You decide to buy a Mariners jersey. What player are you buying? Mariners. Does it have to be someone on this team? Yes. The, yeah. Has to be someone on this team. That makes sense. Um, <laughs> it's basically another way of saying, name a Mariner. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Jared Kelenic would make the most sense as he's, you know, the heralded prospect at the same time. He has a 174 batting average this year. Um, and his other stats suck too. Yeah, it's not like it's just batting average, which we talk about being the least effective of all baseball stats. Um, yeah, I really honestly would struggle to name another player I would be confident in 
long term like that. Like Julio Rodriguez, sure, is going to be a really good ball player. They have another outfielder who I know is a heralded player in his own right. Um, but at the end of the day, it's like I just don't trust it. I feel bad. I got to look up the Mariners depth chart. Uh, all right. So two things. One, I would probably go either Abraham Toro or Kyle Seeger, personally. I think mm. that there's a good argument for Mitch Hanniger in there as well. Um, another thing, I just looked up Jerry Kalanick's stats. He has almost negative two war in the season. And the vast majority of it is his defense. He has been worth negative 0.1 OR and negative 1.6 DWAR. Yeah. He has only played in 89 games. And he has been worth negative two WAR. His WAR per 165 is negative 3.5. That's so fucking bad. That is really unbearably bad. Oh, God. Wow. How do you get around that? Like, how do you beat that? Uh, You get better. Okay. Do you think he can get better? Uh, Honestly, yeah. He's he's 21. I I don't watch Mariners games. I don't really know what his issue has been. Uh, but he's fucking 21. You know what I mean? Like Glaber Torres is going through a slump right now. That's been, it's been a long slump. I understand. Um, but he's mm-hmm. 24. You know what I mean? Like you don't give up on that. You're still at a very impressionable age in terms of what your swing might end up becoming or how you judge fly balls, how you assess your own speed and ability to run routes. Like there's tons of shit that can change, mm-hmm. but Ooh, boy, is this a rough introduction to the, wow. Could you imagine the fact that Jared Kelnick has a better chance of sniffing the playoffs in September than Shohei Otani. If the Mets make the playoffs this year, does the Mets, the Mariners make the playoffs this year. Um, Jared Kelnick and Mike Trout will have the same number of postseason appearances. I don't like this. I don't like this stat. I usually like our stats. I don't like this one. Oh, God. really fucking sad so high so high no oh what did you think of that report i didn't read it because i don't really care um it said that show high was getting frustrated with the angels and if they don't build around him he might ask for a trade it seemed like a lot of speculation but i don't know what would you think about that he really doesn't seem like that kind of person apparently he is like insanely competitive um but regardless let's assume he is the type just for the sake of this conversation um, I think because he, he has two more years until he gets free agency. What would you think of that threat if you're uh, Arte Moreno? Or even if you're a fan? I think like as you- long as you have Mike Trout and you have Rendon, I don't think you can really give into that. I just don't think you can. I just think you need to improve your team, no doubt about it but I think you kind of have to do it with those three. Yeah. Um, 
I mean, there's a theoretical world in which you could trade Shohei Otani and try to get a uh, fucking haul. Uh, but if we're being real, I don't know who you trade him with that would do it. Um, at least for what you because you wouldn't you wouldn't trade him for for prospects. You wouldn't you wouldn't you wouldn't look Rendon and Trout in the face and say, "Yeah, we're going to be five years out again." Sorry, guys. Like you're not doing. Could that. you imagine them trading Mike Trout, Anthony Rendon, and Shohei Otani? I mean, no. granted, they would. Long-term success-wise, that's probably the best way to do it. No, you the would best get way for an them to do it is just... ungodly amount of prospects and, and young players and, and whatever. But my goodness, your entire team, your franchise, just everything would just revolt. All 10 fans would, would riot in the streets of Anaheim. Uh, mean, kind of true. Uh, yeah, once they figured out where Anaheim was, they would be <laughs> be there in a hurry to riot. Uh, <laughs> they're in Los Angeles, and everyone's like, "Wrong fucking town, bro." Um, I mean, the best way for them to do it is to to be to have better. I can't believe I'm going to say this is to have a better scouting department, probably. Uh, also, maybe a better analytics department because the fact that they have not hit on a single pitcher is fucking wild to me. Uh, they got most of a season out of Alex Cobb before he got hurt. And honestly, that's kind of a miracle. And uh, they got Shohei Otani, which I don't think takes a lot of brains. He was being heavily um, uh, courted by fucking everybody. Um, so the fact that they haven't hit on fucking anyone uh, they probably need a complete overhaul of it because it's not the, just the GM. It's probably the scouting department and the um, internal ex- and external for that scouting department and the uh, analytics department. I mean, like the fucking the fucking Blue Jays are cleaning up with Robbie Ray from from the Diamondbacks. Cleaning up. He's had he, he, he was a laughing stock of a pitcher because he could not hit the strike zone. Unless and he, hit he is destroying. Better. Up in up in Toronto, you're gonna win a Cy Young. Probably, you don't just probably fuck win a Cy Young unless you're Jake Arrieta or Rick Porcello. But damn, dude, serious. And then their rookie Alec Manoa looks phenomenal. Yeah, he does. I, I and and uh, the Angels have had uh, fuck fucking who who they got Dylan Bundy. Nice. That'll win you a World Series. Yeah. It's fucking wild. So that's that. That's the one thing. I uh, I would love to see more players do this, though. I have to say a little bit more NFL, a little bit more NBA like, um, because I think we as baseball fans can agree. It is heartbreakingly sad when a Mike Trout situation happens. Um, and the reason it happens in part is because the angels actually did the right thing with Mike Trout and gave him a massive fucking contract. And Mike Trout seems like the kind of guy who has this old school mentality of like, uh, they drafted me and I love them. Um, this is my favorite corporation. <laughs> and I would like to see less of that. I would love to see more players be like, um, fuck yourself in the face. I am a baseball player to win baseball games and go try to do that. I think that would make the game more interesting. 
Because imagine, imagine how fucking dramatic it would be if Shohei Otani like walked into Arte Moreno's office and was like, "I'm, I'm, I'm fuck, fuck you. Like, I'm, I'm fucking done here, man. Like, ship my ass to fucking San Diego, fucking Tampa, fucking New York. Either of them. No, not the Mets. Let's be real. Uh, anywhere, get me the fuck out of here. Y'all suck. This is ass. I'm not having a good time. I'm out. First of all. That'd be an amazing story in the athletic or whatever. Amazing story. And then second of all, he would go to a new pro- team and you'd be like, holy shit, that's Shohei Otani. We're in different clothes. <laughs> I could picture it only if he had a heart attack when Shohei finished explaining himself. Just straight up heart attack of just like, like, like just being completely unable to comprehend what was to come. If Shohei left, do you think Mike Trout would leave too? Like, what would it right, let me, let me, actually? Let me ask it a different way. What do you think it would take for Mike Trout to be like, I would like to now leave the city of Anaheim, please? I just, I don't see Trout being that kind of person to demand those trades, especially after signing the contract that he did. Um, but if we right, are but let's have fun. Point, let's assume that, that he, he something does. that's possible. I think we're getting close. Like obviously, there has to be a breaking point in there somewhere with the because it's not like it's not again. It's not like the Padres season where they showed signs of life. Like the, the, the Angels were never in it, never, and they are they are never in it. When was the last time you remember the Angels being in the wild card conversation? They never have. Twenty fourteen, maybe. I think Robinson Cano was still wearing a Yankees uniform. <laughs> like that's how far back we have to go here, folks. It was before I started watching baseball, so I don't know. Like they are. Um, oh my god, they're nine games under five hundred. Oh geez, I thought they were at least straddling the line. I don't know. I I think if the if the if the Angels continue to not improve for another two seasons and stay just as bad and they lose show high to um, the want for a better life then maybe oh my god could you imagine Corwin Heller could you imagine in a world where the Mariners get better faster than the Angels and, <laughs> and acquire Shohei Otani from their divisional rival could you imagine how fucking mad Mike Trout would be if the Mariners got better than the Angels in like a year and a half and Shohei ended up with the M's in the playoffs mildly consistently? Yeah, that's that's the end of the world. Hold your mic up. That's the end of the world. Oh man, I all right. I that's I know what I'm rooting for for the next couple seasons. I want that to happen now. I kind of do too. Sorry, Angels fans. Yeah. Um. All right, we've been going for a while. We have other things we were considering talking today, like you know the Jets and Giants suck. Richard Sherman's on the on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers now. There are things uh, we'll try to. 
I guess saving for next episode since we had apparently a lot more to talk about than we thought we did, or at least I rattled on for longer than I was expecting. One of the two. Could be both. Um, Corwin, any thoughts before we uh, skedaddle? Um, no. All right. Well, if you want to follow the show, you can do so at Juicing Pod on Twitter. You can uh, follow Corwin Heller on Twitter at Corwin Heller. You can follow myself on Twitter at Joshua D. Tracy. If you'd like to send emails to the show, you can do so at juicingthenumbers at gmail.com. And until Monday, y'all have a good one.